Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, we're going to keep talking about prayer. So two weeks ago, I, 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 I preached a message called When We Pray. So today I want to go When We Pray Part 2. How many of you guys know sequels are better than the originals? Sometimes not in movies, but in sermons they are. Okay, let's pretend. But well, when we pray part two, when we pray uh, this morning, how many of you guys know that Jesus told us we needed to pray? Jesus told us we needed to pray. And, and listen, uh, if Jesus told us we need to pray, then that means prayer must be a priority. Prayer must be a priority for every believer and for the church at large. Do I have anybody that believes in the purpose and power of prayer? That you believe in the purpose of power and prayer? Good, because we should. We should believe in the purpose and power of prayer. Let's start right here today, Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter six, verses five and six. This is Jesus uh, speaking, and he's speaking directly to us even today. Matthew chapter six, verses five and six, Jesus says, and when you pray, did he say if you pray? He said when you pray. Look to your neighbor and say when you pray. When you pray. He said, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, notice again, not if you pray, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you Openly, How many of you guys know we serve a God that is a rewarder? And he loves to reward us in heaven and on earth for how we live our lives. And he said, the Bible says he will reward us openly for our commitment to spending time in the secret place with him. But some of you say, Pastor, remind me, why prayer? Why is prayer so important? Here's why. Because prayer strengthens our faith. Prayer reminds us that God is in control. Prayer keeps us in a position of obedience to God. And prayer reminds us that we walk in power to conquer our our enemy every day in Jesus' name. Prayer does those things for each of us and all of us. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to what? To prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. That word devote literally means to do continually, to give constant attention to. So that means Maker's Church, every day we should be praying. Every day, we should be spending time in prayer. Can I remind you, if you wanna make a kingdom impact in our city and in our world, it will start and continue from intimacy with the Father through prayer. If you want to, if you listen, if you want your marriage and family to look the way that God designed them, it will start and continue through intimacy with the Father through prayer. And listen, if you want to fulfill your divine assignment in the earth, that means that you have to say the secret place will never become a deserted place. But the secret place will be a desired place in our lives. Why? Because when we get into the secret place, the Father is ready and waiting to meet us there. 
And anytime you spend time with God, how many of you guys know you don't leave empty handed? Come on, somebody. You don't leave nothing with nothing, but God just does beautiful and supernatural things in your heart and in your life. And so listen, Makers Church, God is calling us to rise. How many guys believe this is your year to rise? This is our year to rise in Jesus' name. God is calling us to rise, but it cannot happen without intimacy with the Father through prayer. It's got to happen. There, everybody say there is no substitute for prayer. There is no substitute for prayer. And this morning, Makers Church, I want us to continue to talk about prayer, and I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 6 for our starting point this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And I just want to encourage you. I want you to take notes with your hands, but I also want you to receive in your heart today. I've got an assignment to teach. I'm teaching more than I'm preaching. I still may yell it, but I'm teaching. Come on. But I want you to see this, this is so important. God has burdened my heart all week for what I get to share with you today. We're gonna start in Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. And here's what the apostle Paul said. He said, pray at all times in the spirit. Somebody say in the spirit. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Somebody say amen to the word. That's a good scripture. It's a powerful scripture to remind us of some things. But I wanna focus today on the first part of that text. Pray at all times in the spirit. Pray at all times in the spirit. What does that mean to pray in the spirit? It means to pray in a supernatural heavenly language. To pray in a supernatural heavenly language language. Another way to say it is this, to pray and speak in tongues. Now, I know somebody right just then said, Pastor, are you really about to talk about speaking in tongues on a Sunday morning? Somebody, somebody said, I, I finally brought somebody with me to church and I told them today was going to be normal. <laughs> I know. Somebody's like, Pastor, are you sure? It's Sunday morning, the live stream is on. Shouldn't you hold this one until we do a midweek Bible study with the cameras off and that way people won't think we're weird? Some of you say no, but some of us in the room are actually like, hey, that's actually a pretty good idea. Why didn't you wait? Why why didn't you just hang on for a minute and and talk about it in a a much more uh, just uh, smaller setting? Listen to me, Makers Church. I wanna tell you something. We should not at all be trying to hide that we should pray in the spirit. We in no way should be acting like that praying in the spirit is something weird. Can I share this with you? I believe it's very true, Makers Church. We need to talk about praying in the spirit and speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit enables us to do so. We need to talk about it, and let me tell you why. Because for too long, the church has allowed Satan to stigmatize one of the most needed supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. For too long, Satan and the demonic spirits of this world have tried to label speaking in tongues as weird and unnecessary when the truth is, is that speaking in tongues and praying in the spirit is a wonderful benefit of being filled with the Holy Spirit and living in close relationship with God, the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
And so listen, we will not be ashamed of a gift and benefit that God has given us. We're going to talk about it. And if you're joining us on live stream, we're going to talk about it today. And you guys mess with me. We'll talk about it again next week. But we've got to talk about it. Why? Because it's necessary for each of us and all of us. It's a good thing for each of us. Some might say for me and everybody else. Praying in the spirit is a good thing for each of us and all of us. Now listen, I know that this specific God-given benefit is misunderstood by some. And for others, it's been portrayed by many in the wrong context. But, but I, I want us to lay some foundation and look at this today. Because a lot of people, when we talk about praying in the spirit and speaking in tongues, a lot of people will already say, well, I don't have the gift of tongues, so I'm not able to speak in a heavenly language. That's not accurate. That's not biblically accurate. And, and we'll talk about in a minute how, why would God do that? That's not cool that God would do that for some and not for everybody. But let me explain something for a minute. There is a gift of tongues, which is a gift of the spirit. How many of you guys know just like there's fruit of the spirit, there's gifts of the spirit. There's nine gifts, there's nine fruit. So, so the gift of tongues, which is a gift of the spirit, you can read about it in 1 Corinthians 12. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians 14. That gift of tongues is also accompanied by another gift called the interpretation of those tongues. So we see that that is a real gift from God that he does. And listen, not everybody has the gift of, that, of those tongues because that is for the body. That is for a, a, a group and a setting. And then people also have a gift to interpret what the Holy Spirit is saying through a person. I'm not talking about that gift. I'm talking about a grace that God has released to every believer to have a supernatural prayer language. A grace that God releases on everybody that says Jesus is Lord and they say they want to be filled with the person and the power of Holy Spirit. That grace is given that allows us to speak in tongues and pray in the Spirit. If you're with me, somebody say amen. There's a grace released by God to speak in tongues and pray in the Spirit. Now let's see this for a minute. The simple definition of grace, it's very simple. This definition of grace is getting something we don't deserve. Getting something we do not deserve. How many of you guys know we didn't deserve salvation? We didn't deserve salvation. We, listen, we, just like we didn't deserve salvation, we don't deserve to speak and pray in a heavenly language. But because of God's love and grace for us, he has supernaturally made the way. Because of God's love and grace for you and me, he has supernaturally made the way. Listen, every believer can and should pray in the spirit. One amen, that's good, I love it. Every believer can and should pray in the spirit to God. It's not for some believers, it's for all believers. Well, pastor, I don't believe that way. Well, then please tell God that you don't believe in his word. It's for not for some of us. It is for all of us. And listen, I assure you this morning that God would not give this grace to some and not to all. Think, think just, let's, just, let's just remove the supernatural part for a minute and let's just be logical. Why, if God loves us all the same, why would God give some a grace that would benefit them in supernatural ways to pray in the spirit and not give that grace to somebody else. 
God loves us the same. So wouldn't he give us access to the fullness of everything he has for us? The answer is, of course, yes. And so we have to understand, not just in our, in our finite minds, but really receive today in our spirits that God desires each of us and all of us to pray in the spirit. So it is my hope and it's my prayer this morning that everyone under the sound of my voice will say yes to praying in the spirit as the Holy Spirit enables you to do so. That you would say yes to praying in the Spirit as the Holy Spirit enables you to do so. So let's do this because we've got to look at some things this morning. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. During the Feast of Pentecost, this is right after those 120 people were in the upper room. This is right after Jesus baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And they were already speaking uh, in tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability to do so. We pick up in Acts chapter uh, 2 verse 5. Acts chapter 2 verse 5. Now I want us to see this. It says, now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, it was talking about the, that sound of the rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed saying, look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitor from, Rome's birth, from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues." They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Now, how many of you guys know you can't explain something supernaturally naturally? You cannot logically try to wrap your mind around the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit in the life of ordinary people. You've got to have a faith that will let you understand that God is beyond our reasoning. Come on, somebody that God is greater than what we understand. And so just for knowledge sake, as we look at that text for a minute, how many of you guys know there are lots of spiritual gifts that can manifest uh, in and through the life of believers? There, there are lots of spiritual gifts. Listen, I don't have time today, but in the next couple of weeks, I'm actually starting a series called Gifted where we look at the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. We look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been released to us as the New Testament saints. Because I wanna tell you something, we are all gifted. How many of you guys know that when you, you, when you have babies, oh, my baby's so gifted. <laughs> my, my baby is more gifted than your baby. Listen, we are all gifted because we're all God's children. And so we're gonna be looking at how God gifted us things to walk in the fullness of the life that he gave to each of us. But I want you to see this. There are lots of spiritual gifts that we could go today. Ephesians chapter four, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12. There are ministry gifts, there are motivation gifts, there are manifestation gifts. But this morning, I wanna talk specifically about glossolalia. I wanna talk about speaking in tongues and I wanna answer four questions. Everybody say four. I want to answer four questions this morning, um, specifically about speaking in tongues and speaking and having a supernatural prayer language. And here are these four questions. Here they are. Number one, what is speaking in tongues? 
Number two, why would I speak in tongues? Number three, where would I speak in tongues? And number four, how do I speak in tongues? We're gonna answer those four questions this morning. So let's start with number one. What is speaking in tongues? What is speaking in tongues? The first thing I wanna tell you about this heavenly language is this, that, that very thing right there. It is a language. It is a language. Somebody say language. <clears throat> speaking in tongues is a language. Speaking in tongues is a language. Hear me clearly. It is not gibberish. It is not gibberish. It is a language. Now listen, linguists say there are over 6,000 languages spoken on the earth. 6,000 languages spoken on the earth. No single person, regardless of how smart or educated, can have perfect understanding of even 25 languages. No matter how smart or intelligent. Listen, some people are bilingual, trilingual, meaning they can speak and understand two or three different languages. And listen, I learned this summer that if you only know one language, that means you're an American. Can I get a witness? Because I struggle with that Spanish bad. <laughs> Woo. But listen, some people have actually mastered a dozen or so languages. And there have been reports of some individuals being able to understand even more than that, but not 6,000. They couldn't understand 6,000. So, so here's my point when I say this. Who on earth in his or her right mind could be arrogant enough to say a spoken language is gibberish? Who could say that a spoken language is gibberish? But pastor, when I speak in tongues, it sounds like gibberish. Let me ask this question. If you have ever learned a new language, did you speak it fluently right away? No, thank you. If you learn a new language, you do not speak it fluently right away. And what we find, listen, it took time for it to sound fluent. And in Acts chapter two, we always miss this and reverse it. The Bible doesn't say in Acts two that those speaking in tongues spoke it fluently. The Bible says they heard it fluently. Didn't say they spoke it fluently. The Bible says they heard it fluently. And so like any other language, it will take time to speak in such a way that it sounds and feels fluent. Somebody say amen if you believe that. So the first thing about speaking in tongues is the language. Number two, it is not a language of men, it is a language of the Spirit. It is a language of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Listen to this. He who speaks in a tongue is speaking to God, not men. But pastor, the Bible says that a message in tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. Yes, it is. That message, a sign that the Holy Spirit speaks and is active through believers on the earth. But the reality is that speaking in tongues is simply our spirit praying to God in a heavenly language. Speaking to God is our spirit praying to God in a heavenly language. Can I tell you, one of our uh, pillars of rising this year, I, re represents our growing in intimacy with God. Rising in intimacy with God. Can I tell you, praying in the spirit helps that tremendously. 
Praying in the Spirit helps you rise in your intimacy with God. Pastor, how could you even say that? Well, the Bible is pretty clear. It says when you pray in tongues and pray in the Spirit, no man can understand it. Only God can understand it. So that sounds like intimacy to me. Because that means you're praying to God and only God can understand what you are saying. And so we need to see this. Not only is speaking in tongues a language maker's church, it is also a language of the spirit. Number three, did you also know that, 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 that tongues is a pure language? It is a pure language. Zephaniah chapter three, verse nine says, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they may all call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. Now let me back up and tell you why this is important. Do you remember Genesis chapter 11? The Tower of Babel, anybody remember that? Do you remember how the people were united and there was only one language in the earth? Well, they were united, but they were not united in pursuit of God, they were united with a spirit of pride. And so God came down, the Bible says in Genesis 11, you can go read it, and he confused them and they all started speaking different languages. And why? Because he recognized that that spirit of pride happened because they all could communicate to each other. And look what Zephaniah chapter three, verse nine says. There is coming a time when I will restore a pure language. And look at the latter part. It says to serve God with one accord. Do you remember Acts chapter two where it says they were all in one place in one? Come on, somebody. That was prophetic of what was happening in Acts chapter two right there. So hear me when I say this. Praying in the spirit, speaking in tongues is a pure language. It is the only language that you will find that operates in this earth that has zero profanity. It is a pure language. Why is it a pure language? Because it isn't a language that man made up. It is a language that came from God to bless humanity. And so it is a pure language. So see this really quick. Why would I speak in tongues? Because it's a language. It's a language of the spirit. And it is a pure language. Now, number two, why would I speak in tongues? Why would anybody want to speak in tongues? Number one. It's scriptural. Number one, it's scriptural. How many of you guys know if God says it's for us, we should be for it? If God says that it's for us, we should say yes to any gift God offers us. So why should you speak in tongues? Because it's scriptural. How about 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14 and 15? See this. For if I pray in a tongue, how many of you guys know that word if is a big deal right there? You wanna know why? because it's your choice whether you speak in tongues or not. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna go there too, come on, let's get it. We're here now, let's just jump in. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So see, for if I pray in a tongue, that means it is a choice every believer makes. My spirit prays, but my understanding, that means his, our mind, our mind is unfruitful. What is the conclusion? What does Paul say? What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with understanding. What does that mean? That means I'll pray in the spirit. I'll pray in a heavenly language, but also pray in the language that I also speak. And then he said this, he said, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with understanding. How many of you guys have ever heard somebody and they're singing, but they're singing in a heavenly language? How many of you guys thought that's weird, but you didn't know that was the Bible? It's biblical to sing in the spirit. 
So the next time you look at somebody and say, that's where you need to be quiet and be careful because they're doing what God told them to do. So it says, I will sing with the Spirit, but I will also sing with understanding. I will sing in the language that I know here on earth. But verse 14, in chapter 14, verse 15 says, I will choose to speak in tongues. It is a decision that you make. It is a decision that you make, a choice that you have. See, see, sometimes we've gotten bad theological understanding of what it means to pray in the spirit. Listen to me. You're not gonna go into a trance at Kroger and grab the intercom microphone and start speaking in tongues. And if you do that, you are weird, just flat out right now. Let's call it what it is. The Holy Spirit's not gonna do that. He's, he's not gonna do that. That's not going to happen to you whatsoever. Listen to me. That's not how the Holy Spirit operates. That is as ridiculous as a check jumping out of your pocket into the offering bag during giving time. Because people are like, well, I've been praying for the gift of giving and what do you know? I guess I have it now. That's not how that works. You have to choose to operate in the gift of giving. God's not gonna take a check out of your pocket and put it in there for you. You're gonna choose to do it because you want to operate with the gifts that God has given you. The same way with praying in the spirit. You have to make a choice to surrender to the Lord and say, Lord, I wanna pray in the heavenly language because you said I could and it's good for me. We're gonna talk about that in a second. But the first thing you have to understand about praying in tongues, why would I wanna speak in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in the spirit? Because it's scriptural. The second thing, and this is somehow sometimes what we forget, did you know it's a benefit for each of us? It is beneficial for each of us. Somebody say beneficial. It is beneficial. Beneficial. And so we see something, it is a benefit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 verse four says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. How many of you guys know we believe in the spirit of prophecy? We want the, the gift of the, the prophetic to operate and flow within Maker's Church in our lives because it edifies the church. But look at what this text says. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Edify, what does that mean? to build yourself up, to strengthen and encourage yourself. Edify, to build yourself up. You build yourself up in the spirit when you pray in the spirit. When you pray in the spirit, you build yourself up. How about Jude? There's only one chapter in Jude, so Jude, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now again, let's ask a logical question. Why would some people get to build themselves up in their most holy faith and not other people could? Listen, God loves all of us. So that means that God wants me to build myself up in my most holy faith through praying in the spirit. And he also wants you to build yourself up in your most holy faith through praying in the spirit. God wants you to do those things. And so you have to see this, that we build ourselves up. There is not a substitute. How many of you guys know there's not a substitute for praying in the spirit? There's, no, there's nothing like praying in that heavenly language to the Lord. I, I can tell you, you say, well, pastor, um, that kind of weirds me out a little bit. Good, because I was here for a better part of an hour praying in the spirit yesterday, right here in this room. Why? 
because I was building myself up. Sometimes when I pray in the spirit, I know that I'm, I, I, can, I can sense in my spirit that, that there is intercession and warfare happening. That's why I'm praying in the spirit. How many of you guys know that we should all be praying in the spirit? And we should all say, Jesus, baptize us with the Holy Spirit because we need a prayer language that is only for the Lord. And so listen, did you know that praying in the spirit is a part of the armor of God that we should be putting on daily? Hear me for a minute. Because we say, oh, well, Lord, let's put on your armor today. Guys, we have the, God, 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 we have shoes that allow us to walk in peace. And we have a helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness. And we have a, a sword of the spirit uh, and a shield of faith and the belt of truth. But if you go to Ephesians chapter 6, 17, and then 18, you find that there's a continuation. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Listen, it is beneficial that you say yes to praying in the spirit. It's not something that, that hurts us, that holds us back. It blesses us and builds us up. Let me ask this question this morning. Because some of you say, well, pastor, I've never, I've never prayed in the spirit. I've never spoken in tongues. I'm gonna ask something very real. Do you think that there are times that the Holy Spirit knows more about your situation than you do? Do you think that God has more insight about what's happening in and through your life than you do? Well, if you believe that, understand, when you just pray with your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, you're not as smart as the Holy Spirit. He knows more than you do. And if you don't think God knows more than you, we just need to stop and pray right now. God knows more than you. And so if you say, well, well pastor, um, I just, I don't feel comfortable when I pray in the spirit. Listen, are there things in your life that you're not walking in because you refuse to pray in the spirit? Are there battles you're not winning spiritually because you're only praying soulless prayers? Are there things in your life that could be different if you allowed yourself to choose to pray in the spirit. Because why? It is a language that only God understands. Satan has no idea what you're praying when you pray in the spirit. He cannot hear what you are saying. He has no idea because it is a heavenly language that he does not have access to. And so listen to me, a fair question because you say, well, pastor, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I spoke in tongues, but it's been years since I've prayed in the Spirit. What, are, what things are you potentially missing out in your relationship with God because you refuse to pray in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit is a benefit. It is a blessing to you and to me. But we've already seen in 1 Corinthians, we have to choose to pray in the Spirit. We make the choice to make ourselves available to pray in the Holy Spirit unto the Father. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. So we've answered, what is speaking in tongues? Why would we speak in tongues? Number three, let's talk about this one, Maker's Church. Where would I speak in tongues? Where? Anywhere. I might caution you to pay attention to that though. Where, where would you speak in tongues? Anywhere. 
The baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues is for private and public. Come on, somebody. There's some, there's some bad teaching floating around some bigger churches in our nation right now. They will tell you that speaking in tongues is only for private use. I'm sorry, I can't find that in the Bible. I think it's great that you can pray in the spirit in private, but I also think if you're gathered with other saints and you begin to pray and you pray in the spirit, that it's in no way out of order with the kingdom or spirit of God. So where can you, where can you speak in tongues? You can speak in tongues in the prayer closet. You can speak in tongues in your car on the way to work. You can speak in tongues when you're praying by yourself at home, or you can speak in tongues when you're here at Maker's Church. You can, speak in, you can sing in tongues here at Maker's Church. You can sing in tongues when you're in the shower if you want to. If the Lord starts to move, that's your thing. Go for it. It's you and the Lord. Where? Where can I? Anywhere. Because you're making the choice to say, Holy Spirit, I want to commune with you. I want to commune with the Father. And I'm willing to surrender my tongue and speak and pray in the Spirit. Now, how many of you guys know that that's scriptural? And everything you're hearing today is not an opinion of man, but it's from God's word. And so when we talk about where would I speak in tongues, where would I pray in the spirit, in your personal prayer time, in your personal worship time, but you can pray in the spirit and sing in the spirit in a corporate setting. It can be in public worship or private worship. Now listen, the gift of tongues and interpretation from God's word lets us know that that gift was designed to happen in public worship because tongues and interpretation equals prophecy. Tongues and interpretation, the Bible says it equals prophecy, which edifies the body of Christ corporately. But where you can speak in tongues, private or public. Why? Because you're, one, you're the one making the choice to pray in the spirit with the gift that God has blessed and the grace that God has put on your life to pray in the spirit. Amen? Amen. Number four. So that's three. Where would I speak in tongues? Number four. How would I speak in tongues? If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have never prayed in a heavenly language. I've never spoken in tongues. How would I speak in tongues? First and foremost, you need to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That's where it starts. First and foremost, you need to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You will not speak in tongues without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now, a lot of people will say that is the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe it's one of, one of the evidences that you can know you can be filled with the Spirit of God. Because I can take you to the New Testament show where some people prophesied when they got filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm not the guy that says, oh, well, that's the only, only way we can know if you've been filled with the Spirit. Sometimes when you get filled with the Spirit, you just begin to weep or you fall out in the Spirit of God. Other times you have a greater insight to the Word of God. Other times you find you have a greater power and desire to witness and share the gospel with other people. Those are all evidences that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. But I will tell you, if you, if you desire to have a prayer language and speak in the Spirit, you have to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. So that's step number one. Now, how many of you guys know the only prerequisite to get filled with the Spirit is you have to be saved? You cannot, you cannot be an unbeliever and get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Again, biblically, we can show you the only prerequisite to really receiving the person and power of Holy Spirit is that you are in a saved relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? So... Why or how would I speak in tongues? First and foremost, ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. When Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, we talked about there are several different manifestations that could take place. 
But when you speak in a heavenly language, listen to me. When you speak in a heavenly language, the Holy Spirit brings the inspiration to the believer's regenerated spirit, which flows to the mind. In other words, when you get ready to pray in the spirit and speak in tongues, you're just gonna begin to hear things that you've never heard before from the Holy Spirit. And it's gonna be like, I, I, like why am I hearing these syllables? That's not English. You know who that is? It's the Holy Spirit. And, and, and in that moment, you make a choice to say those syllables or keep your mouth closed. Here's the truth. You can't pray in the spirit and keep your mouth shut. Your mouth's gotta be open. You've gotta be yielded in your heart and with your tongue to the Holy Spirit. You say, well, pastor, uh, how, 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 how do you know this? Well, I can remember, I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 14. That may sound young to you, but I grew up in hardcore Pentecostal churches. I was late, honey. <laughs> I was late. Pastor Melissa got filled with the Holy Spirit at seven. Seven years old. That's why we talk about the Holy Spirit to our kids because they need the Holy Spirit just like we do. Come on. Every attack of the enemy that he is unleashing on our sons and daughters, if they can say yes and get filled with the Holy Spirit at six and seven years old, I'm ready for them to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. But I was 14. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. Because I had gotten to a place where, where I was saved. I knew that I needed the person of the Holy Spirit. And I asked Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. But I grew up in an area and a place to where the only way you knew you got baptized is if you spoke in tongues. So I got so focused on tongues, that's all I was worried about. And you know what I let happen? As a teenager, 12, 13 years old, I let this amazing benefit and gift from the Holy Spirit become a point of contention and frustration. I got so worked up, like, why is everybody else speaking in tongues and I'm not? I got so fired up about it, I developed like this, this stubbornness and stronghold to praying in the Spirit. And I forgot it wasn't about what I could do, but it was about my surrender to the Lord in those moments. And so for, for at least two years, now granted, I have a mom and I love my mom. She was the mom that come and say, son, you need to be speaking the Holy Spirit for your, seeking the Holy Spirit for your life. I was like, I am. I am trying, mom, give me some space. I love her, by the way, just in case she's watching. <laughs> but I had just built up this, this stronghold in my heart and in my mind. And so finally, I remember, I was, at a, I was at a large gathering and they said, hey, if you wanna just receive the, the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, receive a prayer language, we just want you to come to the altar. And I went down there and I was like, okay, I'm done being stubborn. Lord, I just want you. I just want you. So next thing I know, I'm 14. I'm done with a bunch of people I've never even met before. And I'm just worshiping the Lord and, I, and I'm praying. And, and I, I just, I begin to hear these things in my mind, and I just began to speak and this beautiful prayer language started to come out of my mouth. And it wasn't fluent, it was broken. It, was, it sounded more like syllables. But I just remember I was overwhelmed with the glory and the power of God. And I was crying and I was praying and it was a beautiful moment that I'll never forget. Because I'll tell you something, that moment when I got filled with the Holy Spirit and then I began to pray in a prayer language, it changed everything in my life. Because for the first time in my life, 
I begin to build myself up build myself up in the most holy faith. The first time in my life, I begin to edify myself in the spirit. I felt stronger. I felt secure in the Lord. It was just an overwhelmed feeling of joy and goodness and peace. It was better than anything I had ever experienced. And so now that I'm 37 and I'm still dealing with that, by the way. Now that I'm 37, 23 years later, now when I pray in the spirit, it sounds much more fluent because I've been praying in the spirit for 23 years. But I still am overwhelmed with the goodness of God. And I'm still reminded, God, what a gift that you would give your people that we could pray in the spirit and speak only to you and that it would help us to grow in intimacy and it would build us up in the faith that you've given us to be everything that you've called us and designed us to be. I don't know about you. I don't wanna be people that only pray soulless prayers. I don't wanna just pray with my understanding. I wanna pray in the spirit. I wanna pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus said we could, and the Bible tells us we should. Because it may, listen, it makes us better versions of ourselves. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. It helps you become everything God has designed you to be. So how can I pray in the spirit? Here's what I'm gonna do today. I want everybody to stand. Come on all over the room today. I believe there are some of you this morning, you may find yourself in a place like I did when I was 14 years old. I was frustrated, I was irritated. Or you may find yourself and say, Pastor, I've never heard anybody really explain speaking in tongues the way that you have this morning. Number one, I can tell you, uh, we should thank uh, the Holy Spirit and other pastors who have taught me very well on how I could teach about praying in the Spirit. But I will tell you, it is a benefit, it is scriptural, and listen, it's not for some of us, it's for all of us. It's for all of us. And it's for you today. There are things in your life that you don't even know you need to be praying in the spirit about. There are things that God has for you. Listen, there are things that God has for your future. You need a heavenly language to pray about what God wants to do in and through your life, over your kids, over your marriage over the purpose God has assigned. And I believe today is the day, listen to me, you say, well, pastor, what made you go down to that altar that night when you got baptized with the Holy Spirit, where you, got, you prayed in the Holy Spirit? I'm gonna tell you what I did. I had courage to try. I had courage to try. Because I had been in the altar a bunch before, and I was nothing. I went back, I pounded my seat, get all frustrated. But I trusted God and I had the courage just to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, if you speak, I'm ready to speak. I'm gonna yield myself, my will, my mind, even my tongue to you to speak. But here's what I'm gonna do today. First of all, I want my prayer team to come, all, all my altar team, I want you to come and find a place down front. 